Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney. Joining me today are two great reporters, James Dawson from Boise State Public Radio and Kelsey Mosley-Morris from the Idaho Capital Sun. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up, Logan? Uh, So we're here talking about campaign finance today. We are less than one week away from the primary election on Tuesday, May 17th. Uh, James, you had an interesting story that came out this week about a really well-funded PAC that is spending a lot of money on legislative races. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it's called Citizens Alliance for Idaho. And it bills itself as nonpartisan, not beholden to special interests, and made up of citizens from across the state. Uh, So... You know, those those are kinds of things that always pique my interest when I'm like looking through campaign websites and I'm like, okay, is this actually true? It sounds like pretty standard political sloganeering, grassroots, citizens, local. Because it sounds good, right? You're you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, they're supposedly independent and they aren't, you know, getting a ton of money from the top down or whatever. But uh, kind of found out that's really not the case with this pack. And so they were founded in, well, August. It was formed in August of 2021. Uh, Really kind of started its whole, um, I guess, advertising and messaging campaign over Facebook and social media starting uh, in September 2021. Um, But the big donors there, at least that we know of right now, um, because we're still waiting on some federal campaign finance reports, you know, reports on the reports coming out uh, to, to kind of verify another 40 grand or so. But, um, you know, they've raised $300,000 since last fall um, with only two of the five donors that we know of so far being from Idaho. That being uh, Idaho Falls businessman uh, Doyle Beck and uh, Brian Smith, who's also from Idaho Falls, uh, who's currently running for the Republican nomination uh, in the second congressional district against Uh, Mike Simpson. And both of those names will also be familiar to Idaho politicos because they're both on the board of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Exactly. Yeah. So you have them plus uh, this guy, Chris Rufo, uh, or Rufer, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, Anyway, he is the CEO of this tomato processing plant, gigantic corporation in California. You have a Pennsylvania uh, uh, chiropractor, not to mention, um, you know, Stephen Gleason, who Uh, You know, his businesses are located in Idaho, but in uh, a whole lot of incorporation documents that I've looked at, he lists a Charlotte, North Carolina um, address for those. Uh, He also used to work in uh, Virginia and D.C. area. And another familiar name from donations in the past. Yeah. Um, So it seems kind of disparate, whether it's a California tomato processor or a Pennsylvania uh, chiropractor what are the political leanings of these donors to this uh, group that portrays itself as a nonpartisan group? Yeah, I, I mean, with Doyle Beck and Brian Smith, clearly we uh, kind of know that they tend to gravitate towards far-right candidates. So they have for many, many years, um, which the Idaho Freedom Foundation also embraces uh, that sort of ideology. Um, as for the other people, um, Paul Hetrick, I believe, was his name, the Pennsylvania chiropractor. I couldn't really find any other donations federally um, of candidates he's backed, but uh, you know Chris Rufer, he has been behind a whole lot of money going towards uh, far right candidates or libertarian um, organizations, both uh, yeah federally and locally. I discovered today. I don't know if you might know this too. Um, Chris Rufer and 
John Guido, who's part of the Secretary of State filing for the Citizens Alliance of Idaho, both are part of Advocates for Self-Government, which is a political advocacy organization that's very libertarian. So that's a national organization. I haven't been able to specifically confirm that the John Guido is the same as the one in the Idaho documents because he lists a UPS store address. The Boise um, one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's something that I found along the way that kind of signaled what their political leanings might be. Yeah, and, the, and their direct ties to bringing up John and Denise Guido, who I'm assuming are married, I don't know, um, because likewise I couldn't necessarily track down or verify who they were necessarily, but um, they were also involved, uh, thanks to Audrey Dutton of the Idaho Capital Sun, uh, uh, she had done some previous, previous reporting on this. There's another organization called Respect Idaho, which was incorporated last January in 2021 uh, that had um, Dustin Hurst, the vice president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, listed as its original registered agent, along with uh, John and Denise Guido. And then about a month after um, that group formed, uh, they took Dustin off and Chris Rufer suddenly became the registered agent. And so that was in a previous political cycle. Obviously, none of this is new, but it demonstrates that um, it's not necessarily a simple task finding out where these political campaign contributions have come from. Um, Kelsey, you've done a lot of reporting in this area this year. Can you tell me about your work on campaign finance? Uh, I started tracking donations at the broad level f back in November, I think it was. And um, I think a lot of it has not ramped up until the last probably couple months, maybe starting in February. But even then, you know, that it seemed like there was more coming into campaigns than there had been in the past. And to be honest, I, I haven't been involved in the last few election cycles. But even from my standpoint, as a just a reader, I felt like there was more high dollar donations rolling into some of these campaigns that that I wasn't expecting. Um, and, as, you know, especially from an incumbent standpoint with Governor Brad Little, um, he started rolling pretty early on. And um, so I've just been tracking a lot of the, the groups that are coming out of um, nowhere, <laughs> seemingly. Um, there's been a lot of new organizations that kind of have very similar names, um, and it's really difficult to pin down, to your point, where they're coming from, and I think a lot of that is by design. And um, I've been frustrated when I try to report on this stuff because uh, it's not simple to explain, and I feel like when people try to read it, a lot probably gets lost in translation because there's so many dollar amounts we're throwing around and so many different names and there's like a little web that people are just trying to navigate and it's been really hard for me to, to simplify it in a way that makes sense. And so I think it's important that we've been doing this, um, but it's definitely not easy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to understand or report on. And you've done some good job at you guys at the Idaho Capital Sun have done a good job of making visualizations of comparing, um, you know, you can see across these races how much each candidate has raised over each period of time, which is really helpful. Um, when you're doing this sort of reporting, is it largely incumbents who are raising the most? Is it challengers who are raising the most? And then I guess the second question, is that mostly from residents or from out-of-state interest groups? It kind of depends on what the political leanings are. Uh, I would say Brad Little is far and away the biggest don donation raiser. He's got more than two million at this point. But when it comes to like the legislative races, the incumbents tend to hold on to cash really well, so that um, you know somebody like Mike Moyle is in his I don't know 14th cycle of he's <laughs> elections, and he's got a hundred thousand dollars on hand um, because he just doesn't need to spend it 
um, because he rarely ever has a challenger who's actually going to make a run at his seat. So it kind of depends on how much they have on hand from previous elections. But I would say, especially with the um, further right candidates, there's a lot of money pouring into those races. I would definitely point to um, Representative Priscilla Giddings as somebody who's raised a ton of individual donations, uh, just you know, $5 here and there. And I would say that that makes up probably 60%, if not more, of her donations. Um, and I, I looked at the breakdowns of where um, donations are coming from, in state or out of state, and one of the things that I found as we go through this is it looks like everything's coming from in-state, but some of it is not. And some of it is hidden in you know, some of these shell companies like LLCs that are just formed and don't really have any other purpose than to give money. Um, that is so, a factor because individuals can give, but then also businesses owned right. by those individuals can give as well. And you'll see a lot of times, uh, like with um, Melaleuca CEO Frank Vandersloot is kind of famous for giving $5,000 of his own money, $5,000 from his wife, and $5,000 from Melaleuca, and then 5000 more across the board for the general. So he's just doling out money like crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I found similar things with Stephen Gleason and his various businesses as well, uh, donating to far-right candidates personally through his businesses, etc. And his associates in his businesses. Right. Exactly. And so it's one thing for candidates to raise all this money. It's one thing for PACs and interest groups to donate this money. But then what, are the, what does the money get spent on? I know, James, in your story, you had some details about what Citizens Alliance for Idaho plans to do with their money. Yeah, I mean, it would have been helpful if I had been able to talk to Matt Edwards, who's their executive director, or anyone over there, really, but they didn't respond to requests for comments. Um, but what we have seen, and thankfully, uh, for this election cycle, Facebook allows you to look up each page's ads, which is wonderful. Um, and at least as, as of uh, um, posting that story on Monday, uh, they had spent, oh, just shy of $50,000 on Facebook ads since that group was, uh, or that page was formed in September 2021, which, uh, I mean, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, and not only that, you can kind of see the breakdown of well, are they targeting women? Are they targeting men? What about their age demographics, location, stuff like that, um, which was super interesting, or the different versions of the ads, if they had different texts. Um, you know, right now they're kind of just ramping up on, uh, uh, they, they kind of have this meme of uh, three people in a pool, two kids and an adult, an adult's holding one child up, uh, and another kid is seemingly not having the time of their life, uh, just kind of treading water, but being a little underneath the water, um, saying that, uh, you know, insert lawmaker here is the parent holding up special interests over Idaho taxpayers. Uh, and they, they're targeting folks who had either signed the pledge, uh, which is part of their whole thing, they wanted lawmakers previously to or prior to the um, session this year they circulated a pledge saying like you know i will uphold medical freedom i will uphold second amendment rights stuff like that and reject taxes or tax increases etc and for anyone who didn't sign or did sign the pledge uh, and then broke it in their mind they are spending big bucks to try to get them out there are also quite a few other groups that are spending big money on broadcast advertising um you can see the independent expenditures now in the Secretary of State system. And there's one called, I think it's Defend Idaho, 
um, that spent close to $50,000 opposing Lawrence Wasden and supporting Raul Labrador for attorney general. And then there's a couple that are anti uh, those candidates um, who are kind of old guard Republicans who don't like extremism and are trying to combat that, who have also spent, you know, close to $30,000 opposing some of these candidates who have been backed by the Freedom Foundation and Citizens Alliance. So it's, it's going on on both sides. Yeah, yeah, because you have Take Back Idaho, yeah. uh, which is one of the most prominent ones. And then you have the new one, which is what Defend and Protect Idaho, which was uh, the one that kind of made their announcement last week about, uh, you know, we're a group of former law enforcement officers who don't like extremist candidates. Um, and the issue with them is that we've seen, I think, two different PACs donate to them. Uh, I haven't looked up the newest one, but at least the former one that was, I think, $90,000 um, didn't have any sort of name attached to it whatsoever. So we don't even know where that $90,000 is coming from. And is any of that an issue with the Secretary of State's office when it comes to these filings and reports? What sort of uh, requirements are there for these donations? As far as the one that doesn't have a name attached to it, I'm not super sure on that one. Um, I haven't seen that, but there isn't a lot <laughs> in Idaho law to require people to do much of anything, uh, aside from the contribution limits that they have in place. Um, and you can't fraudulently use your name um, to hide someone else's donation. And Doyle Beck actually got in trouble for that a few years ago. But it's even if you get in trouble for it, it's like a $250 fine. And so when that happened to Doyle Beck, he just paid it and moved on. If and you're so donating $5,000 to multiple candidates, $250. $250 is not going to hurt you. Right. And we, we haven't really done any major updates to our campaign finance since the 70s. So it's really not equipped for today's world and how money is moving. Yeah, and it depends. I mean, so for instance, um, at least with Take Back, or not Take Back Idaho, Citizens Alliance for Idaho. All these names get jumbled up, don't they? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So, uh, you know, when I was looking at their incorporation documents, you know, you're supposed to list some kind of executive director of the organization if you register in Idaho. But each state has its own system for registering businesses, whether it's an LLC or, you know, whatever type you have. And so what you see a lot of times, and I'm sure Kelsey, you ran into this, where you have companies form in Delaware, for instance, where I used to live for five years. And uh, you don't have to list any sort of contact information. You can go to a business and pay them money to incorporate you. And then they list their address. Or uh, there's a famous building on Orange Street in Wilmington, Delaware, where it's just rows and rows and rows of P.O. boxes that, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of companies, uh, you know, list as their primary address. That exist wow. in Delaware just on paper and a P.O. box. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you try to get more information from the Secretary of State's, uh, you know, folks over in Delaware, you know, they'll hand you the one sheet, but it's just like, oh, yeah, we got it. Uh, this This organization was created through... Uh, CSC, which I don't remember what that acronym stands for, but it's a bi giant business that incorporates. Um, one of the activist organizations has just uh, filed a complaint with the Secretary of State's office over a couple different entities who are doing that same thing in Idaho now. It looks like, to me, and to the Secretary of State's office, a new family of money that has been uh, collectively donating about $50,000 to far-right candidates, including Priscilla Giddings, um, Lieutenant Governor James McGeehan, um, people like that. And 
the this is going to be a web to pun intended of people but one company is called rattlesnake holdings llc which does not exist as an and as an entity in idaho or california but it is listed as a california address in malibu that those uh, individuals who are behind this money don't actually own anymore so the address doesn't belong to them the business basically doesn't exist and the same goes for web management services which has been donating other amounts to the same candidates um, and then an individual who's connected to both companies named Rudy Webb has been getting about twenty thousand dollars of his own money but no Rudy Webb exists in Idaho as a, a registered voter so I'm fairly certain, and I've talked to the Secretary of State's office about this, that it's actually a guy named Watt Webb, who's an investment banker from what I can tell. He's got traces in New Zealand. His dad was a famous world-renowned biophysicist. Um, and I don't know if that Rudy is a nickname. I don't know if um, that's how he goes by on his checking account. I have no idea. But um, nothing about any of that is illegal in Idaho. Um, I mean, the Idaho 97 tried to make their complaint based on uh, the fact that they're not registered business entities. And um, what Chad Houck told me at the Secretary of State's office is um, in order to do business transactions in Idaho, like exchanging money at a store, you have to be a registered business entity. But if you just want to donate money, it doesn't matter. So. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. A lot of money is moving around in advance of the primary. There can be. 30,000 here, 50,000 there, 50,000 there. What sort of donation totals are we looking at for this election cycle? Uh, we're talking about a lot. So <laughs> from January 1st, 2021 uh, through this afternoon, uh, and we're taping on May 10th. Tuesday afternoon. Uh, yeah, so in that time period, you have $15.4 million that went to candidates specifically and $7.4 million to PACs for a total of $22.8 million in this election cycle, which, I mean, that's not chump change. No, definitely. And do you know how that compares to previous election cycles? It's a little bit harder to track than the current year because they changed over to a new system that makes it really easy to see all of that. Uh, and when you go back, I kind of relied on the on the expenditures of the campaigns, just one big long Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> But when I tallied that up for this point in the election cycle in 2018, it was about 14.3 million. So quite a bit more money being dumped into these campaigns. Definitely. And I know, James, in your story, you talked to a um, friend of the show, Jacqueline Kettler at Boise State University about the efficacy of this spending. What did she say these uh, you know, campaign flyers and ads and mailers, what sort of effect do the spending have? Yeah, I mean, she said that it certainly can have an effect on uh, uh, how a candidate is perceived or maybe a candidate's opponent is perceived, which uh, is typically kind of the target of these PACs uh, because they can't coordinate with the candidates themselves. That is illegal. Um, but they can certainly, um, you know, have these mailers or radio ads or TV ads, uh, you know, attacking the other person, you know, and said, you know, paid for by so-and-so-and-so, not affiliated with the candidate. Um, and she was saying, Jacqueline Kettler, that is, uh, that not only can it have an effect, but it also has a side effect of trying to keep the candidate themselves clean in the minds of voters because it's not their campaign, uh, you know, 
out front and center slinging mud or uh, doing whatever to kind of tarnish their reputation. Sure, running attack ads against your opponent can sometimes turn voters off. So if it's a third party doing it on your behalf, then... Yeah, and, and the real question is, and she didn't have an answer for this, uh, is whether or not all of this out-of-state money, uh, what the perception of that is, because historically, uh, you know, anecdotally talking to a lot of campaign people, um, you know, in Idaho and around the country, it's like, there used to be this thing of out-of-state money doesn't play well with the voters in a particular state uh, just because they feel like you know, their elections are trying to be influenced by these outside entities that have no stake or like real reason to uh, live with the consequences of them um, in Idaho. And we have this huge growth here. And Senate Pro Tem Chuck Winder, when I talked to him, you know, he says even the new people that he's talked to uh, in his district, they don't particularly like this. Um, and the reason why I talked to Chuck Winder is because he's being targeted by Citizens and Alliance for Idaho. And I'll note that, you know, here at Idaho Public Television, we held a series of debates earlier in the year. And it's interesting to me that there is a lot of nationalized fundraising and donation happen donations happening, but that's the way that the issues are being portrayed this election, too. We're talking about the results of the 2020 election. We're talking about critical race theory in schools. We're talking about pandemic mandates. It seems like, really, these political conversations are about national topics, so it, it almost makes sense to me that we're getting more national action in the money front. Yeah, I, I would say so, especially because that's kind of been a theme that we've seen over the past I don't know, four, six, eight years, right? It's just increasingly growing towards a more nationalized um, political landscape for better or for worse. And I think a lot of people don't like it. Uh, and to that point, uh, a lot of these groups are using the Federal Election Commission as a way to get around Idaho state reporting guidelines and to not have their donations show up until three or four months after the primary so that there's even less ability to trace it. and. There was actually legislation in this past legislative session from um, Senator Patty Ann Lodge trying to clarify that in language so that they would have to report to Idaho in addition to the FEC. Not just to the feds. Not the just state. to the feds. Um, and it got stalled in the House. Um, there was actually some bargaining that they tried to do over a couple of controversial bills to get a hearing on her campaign finance bill, and it didn't happen because she wasn't willing to do that. So. Um, there have been efforts to get a little more transparency and to stop some of this um, national money from coming in, but it hasn't worked so far. All right. James Dawson with Boise State Public Radio, Kelsey Mosley-Morris with the Idaho Capital Sun. Thanks so much for your time today. Our listeners can find your campaign finance reporting and more at boisestatepublicradio.org and idahocapitalsun.com. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.